Hey guys, welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. My name is Andre, and I am uh, one of the associate pastors at Living Word Bible Church in Bellingham, Washington. And I'm here with my wonderful wife, Leah, and we are back to talk about what it means to follow Jesus in an anxious post-Christian culture. And uh, it is wonderful to be back and recording some more episodes. Yeah, we've been, October we've been 1st. itching to get back to this. It's been a it's been a heck of a summer, but it's been nice and warm here in the PNW. Not a lot of rain, and here we are with October first and hitting I feel like full this whole speed week with has fall. Been full of rain. Yep, it's like fall is here in the northwest. But it always rain. starts out dark and cold, and then by the and afternoon, then afternoon it's you get sunshine. sun breaks. Yeah, it's, it's great. like every single day. And I'm like bundling the kids for school with like extra layers, and then they're like, "Mom, we were so hot at school. Can we wear shorts tomorrow?" I feel like one of the characteristics of being an adult is that you actually look forward to the end of summer because you're excited for the the routine nope. to hit again. I was honestly I'm not I was, that adult. Never. I, I was, hope you're not offended by this, but I was really <laughs> looking forward to kids starting school and me getting back to a regular routine and my work life being a little bit less of a mess. Yeah. And it's really refreshing. Yeah. So it's been it's been awesome. I'm excited about a bunch of stuff happening at church. We started theology class, starting a few different groups and classes. Yeah. Um, if you guys are interested, if you're local friends, reach out to me. Let me know. I'll, I'll gladly answer questions about stuff going on at Living Word Bible Church. It's interesting because, like, when you're a kid, you have like September's back to school. You get that mindset, but when you're not a student. It's still that mindset of like, okay, let's start a Back book club. Let's do some sort of educational yeah. like routine. Like, it's it's definitely that feel. So it's exciting. I, do have like, some I find myself with that same childlike excitement, mm-hmm. like back to school excitement. It's funny because like we're I shopping. Mean, you're for never kids. not in school, so yeah, <laughs> you're always well, my, you're around. My classes started in August, and I just finished it. Yeah, so taking a couple of weeks off and then diving back in later. Uh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about bitterness, I guess, or yeah, bitterness. Or, um, of getting offended or holding grudges, holding grudges for a long time. I guess there's different ways to to call it, but I think it's the human experience. Whether you're someone who is very easygoing and very hard to offend, or you're someone who's very sensitive, we've all experienced. Um, being offended or mm-hmm. someone hurting our feelings or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, maybe this is a disclaimer at the very outset. This is either a disclaimer or it's going to make me more authoritative on the subject. I don't know, less or more, but uh, I don't carry grudges very, like, yeah, at all. Deeply. Like, yeah. I don't hold things yeah. against people that hurt me right. and maybe even when they intentionally hurt me or unintentionally yeah that stuff i let go of it pretty easily yeah. but thinking through this i think maybe maybe as i'm reflecting in the last couple of years and asking how what are the habits that helped me get to this place there right. could be well, some here, stuff to here's pull. something i want to point out i think people like you i would agree you know being married to you for a very long time I don't think you're someone who holds grudges. Um, But I think people who just label themselves as like, I don't have an issue with this. They miss the opportunity to like dig in their hearts and actually be like, okay, but how do I respond when someone Mm -hmm. 
offends me and is it the correct response um yeah because they're like oh i'm just this not my problem but i think we all have the temptation and we all have sin so um learning to like figure yourself out and i think that um i've come a long way god has done a lot of work in my heart i don't i don't really think i'm someone who ever really was like extremely um hold i'm not a hold i'm not a person who holds a grudge i i'm not i you know i am more sensitive i would say than you but i think um i don't hold i don't hold on to stuff yeah and sometimes i like to process things without bitterness i'm not i'm not bitter at the moment but when i'm processing you that speaks again. well no I, that speaks to other people like oh you sound so bitter but when i'm actually not it's just i just process some stuff so mm-hmm. um we're to, all just very different and i think yeah this is a very important aspect of our life because you know one of the central aspects of being human and one of the central aspects of being a christian is relationships and uh our closest relationships are the places we are most bound to be uh, hurt mm-hmm. the deepest mm-hmm. and learning to process how we respond to pain is very important because i think you know this is just taking a shot in the dark i mean right off the bat i think this is one of the most enslaving things for yeah. people oh yeah and it is willfully enslaving and it is deceptively enslaving in the sense that so many of us hold on to bitterness and anger based on misconceptions of other people yeah we think we know what they think of us and therefore we hold on to this anger Mm -hmm. and our perception is totally false Mm -hmm. and so this is the danger of anger and bitterness you can spend so many years of your life in a cage that you have locked yourself into mm-hmm. by your imagination. Right. And that is really sad. It's crazy to think that the things and scenarios and the thoughts you you have created inside your own brain have built a cage for yourself. And it's so common. I think we, we're all susceptible to this. We're all prone to this. When we have experiences, you know, I think it's, I guess the first question I want to ask is how do we identify if we are a person who holds bitterness because I think we all want to say, oh, no, I don't... Well, none of us are going to be like, I'm a bitter person. I hold on to grudges. I have this issue because we don't... That's embarrassing. We don't want to be that person. But if we dig in our souls, are there things that... Are there people in our life we've shut out because yeah. of what they've done or said to us? Are there memories of hurts done to us that we can just, at the snap of a finger, replay and be hurt all over again? Yeah. Um, I think learning to identify that in yourself, how do you watch out for or see if you have this issue or not? Well, don't you think that most people who, well, I guess, I guess, I guess to me, the biggest question is just if there are people in your life that your heart isn't open to. Yeah. Um, People that you avoid or people that you choose not to be around or obviously people that you're actively angry at. Um, I think that it's important to investigate your heart because we can get into a place where we, um, we'll just shove stuff under the rug and we'll just subconsciously avoid certain people Yeah, yeah. or situations. And it becomes habit. Right. It becomes habit that we don't really think about anymore. And it, over years and years and years, 
and it's just like, oh, I mean, I just, I just don't, I just don't, uh, you know, talk to that person. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm angry, but it's just like, oh, it's just not what I do. But then you're like, wait, 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 where did this come from? You know? Um, or we, and we, we can become, label it as very innocent, like, oh, I just, you know, just chose to part my separate ways or something. Or I think we, we, we take an, on an authority in our life of, I have assessed this, not with other fellow believers, but in my own heart. I've assessed the situation. I've decided that this I'm not going to return to. Say there was a situation or a church event or some kind of weekly thing, you know, say it's fellowship groups where you were offended by or someone hurt you maybe they did intentionally maybe maybe they were trying to offend you they said something very Mm -hmm. wrong at you and because that happened it was uncomfortable and painful for you you decided you don't want to go through that again therefore i will not attend fellowship groups Mm -hmm. and period and that's just you're close to that you don't you Mm -hmm. don't ask other people their thoughts you don't you just you you have become your own authority and you shut that down Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be or that person at church i just I'm not angry at them. I'm not bitter, but I'm just, I just, I'm never going to be someone who, they're not going to be someone I'm going to ever be open to. Or, you know, these, these things where we close doors because of our Well, I think bitterness. the most common thing is that somebody will say something like, yeah, you know, this was an issue, but, you know, I tried, like I mm-hmm. tried to say something and it just didn't go the right way. So I just thought I'd let it go. And that sounds very lo- noble and very humble, but it's, right. that's, it's very not because um, within the body of Christ, you cannot have divisions. Like one of the yeah, one of the most important emphases of the entire New Testament is the unity of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. The people of God are to emulate th- the essence of God, the heart of God in their unity. Jesus prayed that they may be one even as we are one. He's talking to the Father. Yeah. So he's saying, Father, the, the unity that exists between me and you, I want it to exist between them. Like God takes it very seriously when we are um when we have uh fences between each other yeah and to be like oh i tried you know no like if you have something between you and another fellow christian in your church or even in another church i mean it's a little bit different when it's another church because i mean you're not as connected in the community right if you have an active anger at somebody Mm -hmm. you need to work through it but especially in your own church, I think, when we're talking about in your own community, um, you should have major alarms going off mm-hmm. if if you've got something going on and you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, no, that's a big deal. That's like saying between a husband and a wife, oh, you know, we just decided not to talk. It's okay, we can still do family life and raise our kids. We just don't talk. We just, we just sleep in separate bedrooms. That's nuts. Right. Well, I think there's a difference. There's a spectrum, obviously. Sometimes obviously. we have situations where... It's not bitterness or anger. Maybe some someone was offended by what we said, or we were offended by what someone said, or someone said something very um, insensitively and offensively towards another brother or sister. And, you know, in your pure motive way, you've tried to deal with it, or you've tried to approach that person and you see that they're resistant or not open. And there are a lot of those situations where you say, well, I, you know, I did try, but in your own heart, you don't feel any anger or bitterness and you have an open heart towards if the holy spirit convicts them or if they want to reach out again and talk to me or they want to do something again i'm totally open to that Mm -hmm. um there's no closed doors there's no i will not anymore because that person did this and that like i think there are a lot of situations where we don't have control and we're like okay lord you clearly don't like you have led us to this area and i'm open hearted 
when you want to do something else. But at this point, I don't see any Yeah, but that's not holding work. grudges. That's the opposite. Right. And I think it's important to identify that because sometimes you, you come to a dead end with people and relationships yeah. on circumstances and that's outside of your control. Yeah. But when you have placed a closed door in your own heart mm-hmm. towards people or circumstances or a church or whatever it may be because of a painful situation that has happened, um, you have to bring that to the lord i think that that's something that you might not even know about yourself there's nuance here because um you can't so you can't force people right into like reconciliation right yeah but you can do your utmost best sometimes what will happen is something happens between you and another person you do your best to reconcile you reach out you ask Mm -hmm. and the person says no no we good everything's good yeah like but you still feel like, but I still feel like there's something there. Right. But if that person is telling you we're good, mm-hmm. like, I what I would what I would do in that case is I I say something like, hey, okay, man, like I mean, I just hope you feel totally free to, like, if anything, like just come and talk to me. Like yeah. I want to always leave make sure the door we're open. open. You yeah. leave the door open. But if they've told you that they're good, you just take them at their word. You, right. you can't just be like, but I know you're lying. Like yeah. you can't, you can't do that. We can't judge people's hearts. We don't know what they're, what's inside their hearts. And that's the point that I hope to make in a minute here about misconceptions about people. Yeah. But I think that you have to do your diligence to make sure that the doors are open. Yeah. And sometimes people will shut the door, but you left it open and you made that very clear. And then you maintain an open heart towards them. And that's right. very clear in how you act, how you say hello at church, how you yeah. smile, your openness the, of your heart will reflect your actions later down the road the person might come back and be like hey actually i was kind of mad and or i was upset or i was offended and this and that so you can work through that you know like it's important to maintain our hearts openness towards people and i think maybe something that i kind of wanted to hit on here too is that you know it's important to understand the, the 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 mechanics of anger and grudges because of how deceptive it is yeah i think that one of the, you know, so the biblical principle for me that works here very importantly is, you know, that, you know, Paul says in Colossians, you know, that we are to be forgiving and, and, and uh, being patient and long suffering with one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven us. So he's saying, as Christ has forgiven you, you are to forgive others. And then, you know, his love, and he's like above everything in Colossians chapter three, you know, put on love, which binds everything in perfect harmony. The, the, the driving force of our reconciliation process is the love of Christ working yeah, in us. Yeah. You cannot reconcile until your heart is actually experiencing, bathing in the love of Christ mm-hmm. in your life. If you are satisfied in Christ and in his love, that is going to create an urge in you mm-hmm. to let go of all things and have an yeah. open heart free towards other people. And Paul in Corinthians 13 talks about love and its characteristics. Mm -hmm. Love hopes all things, believes all things, bears all things. It means that you you give give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Not being naive. Like even knowing that sometimes this person may hold a grudge against me. But you know what? I'm going to assume the best. Yeah. I'm going to be open. My door is open to them. Yeah. I'm going to love them. And... uh, if there's something that's coming up later that they want to talk about, I'm always here. But I want to hope and believe the best. And I think that um, at its core is opposite to how grudges work. 
grudges work uh, based on a very confident uh, uh, perspective of a, mm -hmm. another person and mm -hmm. what they think of me. And, um, you know, it, all these psychological studies have shown, I was recently listening to this podcast talking about like, we are very bad at, um, at interpreting what another person is thinking. Right. Like most of the time we get it wrong. Yep. Most people get less than 50% of the time they can act accurately um, uh, deduce what mm -hmm. another person is thinking right now. Mm -hmm. And it, the interesting thing is that the study showed that uh, in marriage, over time, couples become oftentimes less accurate in interpreting what the other is thinking. Interesting. Because as life goes on, you change and you right. still have a certain view of the other, of your spouse. Mm -hmm. And so you keep becoming even less accurate. So mm -hmm. if we understand like there is so much going on in that other person that I have no idea. Yeah. And I can't even begin to construct my version of who they are. But we, we don't even realize how we do this. We, we look at a person, we look at their facial features, how they carry themselves, mm -hmm. and we start to construct a vision of what they are like on the inside. Right. And then they said this thing that one time. Or we piece together who they were and in the we, past, our yeah. experiences with them, and we let that infiltrate our entire understanding of a person and piece it together when we're all changing constantly and moment to moment we might be thinking different things. And yeah. And that's, the, yeah. that's you, when you understand the anatomy of a grudge, sort of like the how a grudge is assembled and born, like you realize that the only way that grudges are possible is if I'm pretty confident about my internal uh, reconstruction of that person's heart. And that's silly. And that's impossible. And we can never have a full picture of how someone else is feeling and thinking and like that quote i don't know who said it but i read it forever ago and it says we don't see people as they are we see people as we are mm -hmm. and we have a tainted lens because our world is through our own mind and our own thoughts so if you have a very strong uh hesitation towards your own um perception of people and being like okay here's what i think but give a lot of space f to be corrected and having gracious assumptions and um, even, you know, I'm sure we've all had circumstances and we'll continue to have situations where um, people are being rude or they are intentionally trying to offend you. They are um, trying to, you know, throw you under the bus, maybe, whatever. Um, even in those moments, we don't fully know someone's intention. And what we may have perceived in a situation, they may not have meant it the way we perceived it. Um, so there's just so many factors that go into relationships. And I guess that the next question in all of this is like, how do you know in your heart when something has happened, you're offended, you're hurt by a close friend or someone in church or whatever family member, how do you know when it's your job to just let it go versus your job to actually confront um, in a loving way in a humble way be like hey you know the way you said that really hurt and i just want you to know like when do you know what is the better path to take yeah because paul says you know speak truth to one another but then paul also says love covers a multitude of sins 
so there sometimes you just cover and you move on and sometimes you have to bring up and expose you know right so how do you know when that's a challenging one i think very challenging because um i think most people choose the latter they say i've it's in the past i've let it go um and sometimes maybe you have let it go and you just literally forget about it but sometimes you say you let it go but you in your soul have labeled someone as a certain kind of person because of the way they offended you and later on your heart is less open to them because of that negative experience and over the years you've built this callus towards a person um that's not called letting it go that's not actually called dealing with it um before god and before that person yeah i think that for me i think what's important is um first of all the very easiest answer is if something was unintentional um that you're pretty sure it was unintentional it was a small thing yeah you know here the problem is like we're like little magnets sometimes we just we just like attach all these teeny little fragments of people's thoughts and expressions and we just construct stuff it's just silly right yeah um but i think that when there's something that is actively present in a relationship i think that if you the the other opposite extreme clear to me is that if i'm pretty sure that somebody has something against me Mm -hmm. i need to talk to them yeah so i need to forgive i need to work through my heart and i think that you can't you can't think clearly unless your heart is in the right place right and the only way your heart is in the right place is if you you're bringing these this pain to god you're talking to god about it Mm -hmm. tell him about what hurt tell him why it hurt talk to god in prayer go to his word refresh your heart in the beauty of the gospel be reminded how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sins god is forgiving you every day yeah let yourself be filled and rejoice in the beauty of christ and his forgiveness to you and when your heart is full and you're satisfied and you don't need justice from that person anymore Mm -hmm. you're free then you can ask yourself, okay, do I believe that there's still some, there's some sort of relational tension here? Mm-hmm. I think this person has something against me. I got to go talk to this person. Mm-hmm. I got to, um, I got to ask, right. you know, and sometimes people are just going to deny it, but you are from your heart. The only way you're coming, if, if you're coming with a full heart, you're going to be like, okay, that's, that's awesome. I just want to have everything open. I want to be open to you. You make that open door, right? I think the other piece is relational so you person may not have something against you like like oh i'm sure that person's really upset at me right yeah but there may be relational tensions that keep coming up right that seem to show that that person has some strongly inaccurate uh assumptions about you Mm -hmm. that keep it's like major bumps in the road every time in the relationship like this person thinks that I'm like this, or mm-hmm. it seems like they have this assumption about me. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're going in to defend yourself, but you're, you you want to go in there and clear stuff up. You yeah. want to have clarity and and uh, strong communication between each other. You don't want to build allow those calluses to build relationally, you know? So I think that like as Christians, we need to learn to talk to each other about how we see each other about misconceptions or about just communicating our thoughts if if you think you know um jesus said if you see a brother in sin if you see somebody doing something incorrect you have to 
you have to say it. Yeah. You have to go and have a conversation, you know? Yeah, and I think a huge um, question for each of us to ask is, am I a type of person who invites others' feedback? Am I a type of person who others feel comfortable approaching? Do, do I just generally have a spirit of humility and um, open-hearted love towards those who may have something against me? Or are people like, oh, on walking on eggshells around me, can never approach me, I'm inapproachable. If they have in the past, I've exploded on them. Um, Generally, I think as Christians, we need to have the humility to walk with our brothers and sisters in the body with an attitude, a posture of love and humility and Uh open-heartedness. And also just, just like do an inventory of your relationships and try to think, you know, is the way I speak gentle and loving and uh, sensitive to people's pain and and um, am I offending people or if you're not sure if you have zero concept of how do I come across to people maybe just ask some friends like did you feel like on that debate we were having about this topic was I too much just generally it's not this insecurity of like oh my god did I mess up but just being just a person a, who welcomes feedback just a person who just checks in anything. with your friends yeah. and be like hey I just want you to know like if I was if I overstep can you let let me know or do you think you know, at fellowship night when I disagreed with that person, was I pushing it? Do I need to go apologize? And even if you feel a sense of, even a thought like, oh, maybe I was a little too much. Maybe that's the Holy Spirit just prompting you. Just like, go say, hey, sorry if that was, even if that person was not offended, even if they were completely okay, just you taking that step, it's, it, it invites love. It invites unity in the body, I think, if we're people who just constantly be like, hey, sorry about if I came across a little bit or like if I, you know, I hope you know that I care about you. And if if I'm ever out of line, you can correct me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a loving thing to do. And I think if if you noticing yourself that you're not even someone who thinks in those terms, maybe start take small steps towards checking in with friends and asking, like, am I this kind of person? Do few people feel comfortable around me? Do you think others could give me feedback if if they felt like they needed to yeah and another thing i think with knowing whether to go and talk talk to someone about some pain they've caused you or to just let it go i think a few factors are if it was completely out of character for someone like if it's a close friend and they were very emotional randomly and they just kind of burst out and offended you you know that's not something they usually do and you know maybe they have something going on. I think uh-huh. there's there's a time and place where all maybe have moments of stress where we're hungry and we're not doing so well. And we're not as careful with our words. And if you know it's a close friend, like you can give them that grace to be like, that was out of character. I know they probably hate that they did that. If they knew it hurt me, I'm going to let it go because I love them. And I know that's not something they would usually do. But if it's something that is a recurring situation, I think when it's recurring, like every week this person seems to be just blasting people with their negative emotion. Um, and depending on your relationship to them, I think sometimes it is a good idea to just, you know, give them feedback gently, lovingly, without any um, hatred or, or, or anger Yeah, you them. look at patterns in a relationship, right? And you want to make right. sure that there's it's free from these knots. Yeah. And I think like... Our mindset, like, here's the thing. I think 
the the problem with bitterness is uh, like a it, it it thrives on on false an overblown sense yes. of your confidence of what that person is going through yes like here's one thing that we're often completely blind to is the amount of pain that the other person is experiencing in their life yes. yeah you yeah. know like if we just got to see a little bit more about how other people are hurting all around us we would have a lot more compassion right yeah and just be patient with people like people are hurting this life is hard look at your life your life is hard, right? Yeah. Like you have struggles and then you'd be like, okay, gosh, well, I'm not the only one here right. with this. Like a lot of people around me are hurting and yeah. out of hurt comes hurt. So mm -hmm. like just having that benefit of the doubt, stop being so confident about your reconstruction of another person's mind. You're probably wrong. Yeah. Give you, the benefit you, of the doubt. You probably and are wrong. The other That's piece to this to is, yeah, you're probably wrong. When you're thinking about another person's viewpoints, life. you're probably wrong. Yeah. Like if you like we don't think about that. The other piece to this whole thing is just um you know just a lot of Christianity is just profoundly self-centered. Like our whole spiritual life, our whole church experience, our whole like everything is like about me and my struggles and my needs. And the gospel liberates you from being obsessed with yourself because yeah. there is a savior who loves you and accepts you. Period. Right. Like he has bought you with his blood and he has put on he has made you his child in his family. Like you're yeah. in. So like rejoice in the freedom of his grace. Rejoice in the beauty of his, you know, his love for you. And what that means is stop obsessing over yourself. Look around. Yeah. Embrace the beauty of God's call for you to love others. Yeah. And when you do that, it's either, you know, grudges thrive on a self-centered mindset. When I'm just all about me and my problems, I just, I, my grudges thrive in that environment. It's like bacteria in a warm, moist environment. Mm -hmm. But you open the windows, get the breeze in, get the light in, um, you, and you learn to focus on others. Maintain, learn an outward focus. Pray for people. Get into some sort of ministry that makes you serve others, right? Like, yeah. maintain an outward focus, and then you realize that my life is all about the household of God. Right. I am a member of the household of God. We are family here and we watch each other's back. We we main we watch for uh brokenness in fellowship, breaks in fellowship. If we have the mindset that we are all the family of Christ, we must have a vicious protection of unity and of destroying uh any sort of anger that comes between us because there's a constant warning in scripture. First Peter uh, chapter two talks about laying aside all bitterness right. and envy and slander and yeah. like newborn infants longing for the pure spiritual milk. So yeah. you, when people are holding on to grudges, it is preventing them from loving the truth. It is allowing the infection of sin and darkness to penetrate in the church. You know, we talk about sin in the church and we think, oh, like sexual sin and broken, you know, like but like all that stuff starts with these sneakier, smaller sins like bitterness. Right. Or Hebrews says, you know, he's the author of Hebrews is warning us and saying, let no root of bitterness spring up uh, among you that prevents life and holiness. And, yeah. and like he's warning and saying, like, let protect from this, fight against this, because this is very dangerous for your guys' life as the church, your individuals and corporately. Right. And I think like that verse, um, whatever is true, whatever is holy, whatever is just, whatever is lovely, think on these things. And I think if we mm -hmm. all 
uh, whenever we're in a situation where someone says something offensive or hurtful to us or expresses anger at us, we there's very little we know about what is going on in their hearts. Yes, outwardly they seem angry and it seems like at you or whatever, but um, how much how much less bitterness we would have if we let our minds be protected by what I know is what I know for a fact is very little. So I'm gonna wait and see. I'm gonna check in with that person later and say, "Hey, was it something I said? Were you upset about?" You know, I'm not gonna believe my own thoughts because I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. So we're not gonna assume, even if someone is angry and talking very angrily at you and it's very offensive. Um, I think it's, you know, just checking in later being like, hey, was that, you know, like creating spaces in church where we can check in with one another and iron the wrinkles out and come to understanding. And um, I just think it prevents long-term bitterness. It prevents, and sometimes it's impossible. Maybe it's someone who is just not someone you're close with. Maybe it's an older person in the church who you don't really cross paths with but they they've expressed a lot of negativity towards you and you don't really know where you stand with them Mm. um there's a lot of hard hard moments like that it's not always so clear-cut you know with relationships and all that but um yeah i I think think just watching your own heart yeah because just when we consider the danger and the power of bitterness in our hearts even when the other person hates your guts um, you got to take it very seriously to work through bitterness in your heart. Even if the other person is angry at you and isn't letting up. But like to consider the toll that this sin takes on your own heart and how, how it can infect your life and, and pull you down and tie you down spiritually. And it's just not worth it. Like it's yeah. just not worth it. You know, their sin does not have to be your chains. You know, right. that's that's you you allowing you allowing their sin to infect your heart by you responding in a way that is harboring it and right. to to understand the danger and to be vigilant and open and sometimes i think we have deep pain like we're not saying that this is simple this is going to take work sometimes you've got to get counseling from your pastors you got to talk to somebody like yeah. if you're and you know this is what i love like you know there's been numerous times in the last few months in our church where certain you know this is i mean mostly men conversations with men that i have but like there's just conversations where some guys like yeah there was a situation that arose uh it created some tension i tried to resolve it i don't think it really worked um here's what i'm trying to do what do you think Mm -hmm. like welcoming other people in and saying look i've tried and it didn't work uh what should i do not saying I tried and didn't work. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I guess they're not worth my time or something. Be vigilant. Yeah. Yeah. Pursue it to the end. Invite some wisdom. Um, And, um, you know, just seeing the power of the church. When we come together and we heal really quickly, and there is so much resources in the prayers and the counsel and the presence of other saints. Like when you welcome that, that is the body of Christ healing strengthening empowering that is yeah the grace of christ flowing between us strengthening us giving us guidance yeah and i it's really interesting this quick thought that i heard a while ago it was like a parenting podcast or something where the the per, the father was saying how in their household they discipline their children for um you know like a brother hit a sister 
and they disciplined the brother for hitting the sister. And then a few hours later at dinner, they're sitting and talking and the sister, you know, the brother made it right after discipline. He got back into fellowship with the sister, asked for forgiveness. She said, I forgive you. All was made right. Several hours later at the dinner table, there's a weird situation and the sister brings up, oh, but you hit me. You did that and and showed that she still had um, right. anger or bitterness. Mm-hmm. So then the father says, then I would discipline her because holding bitterness and withholding forgiveness is also sin. And that struck me so deeply because I'm like, we talk so much about, you know, um, make it right. If you've sinned against someone, go ahead and yeah. ask for forgiveness. But also if you if you refuse to forgive if you hold on to that bitterness and bring it up again that's your sin and i'm sure we've all had situations where for years someone doesn't say anything and then later just drops this bomb on you how for years i've been angry because of this circumstance and then you like say wait a minute that's not even what happened and you correct and they're like oh my goodness i i was assuming all these years you hated me or something yeah and if they said at the beginning it would have prevented years and years of pain for them because you just clarify yeah um and we're less harsh on ourselves when we hold on to some misconception or we hold on to bitterness and we assume but that's actually sinful too and it's like when you bring something up to someone after years of holding it in, that is your sin you need to repent of because it's not on that person. It's on you for not bringing it up sooner. Yeah. And I think we need to own that. If you're someone who has not dealt biblically correctly with the, with the Lord with some hurts or pains towards other people in the years and you still continue, it comes up in your heart and also in conversation that is something you need to repent of and bring to the person and deal with that because that causes a lot of pain in your heart and also like in the church you're letting sin grow and fester mm-hmm. and that's very wrong yeah and what's connected to this is um again another deep misconception often is that he or she made me sin uh or i mean right. we don't say that but right. this person made me angry and i've been angry all these years yeah that statement is false it's mm-hmm. actually never true yeah. nobody ever makes you angry uh you, you respond in anger mm-hmm. when somebody sins against you right so what we need to do is learn to differentiate between the sin of the other person and my sin and again anger thrives on this misconception we can hold on to bitterness for years why because we've repackaged it as the effect of another person's sin right when it's actually your sin yeah. You are always responding and mm-hmm. you respond either with forgiveness and working through it and humility and love or you respond with self-love and bearing grudges and, and self-preservation. Self-preservation. So right. when you understand in your mind that no one ever makes you angry, you make yourself angry by responding to other people's sin. Now, their sin against you, that is truly painful, yes. And those wounds can go so deep and those scars can stay all your life. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying that you will feel no more pain. Right. What we're saying is that you must actively work against the sin of anger that that always, you're the, the impulse of the sinful heart is to respond with hurt, against hurt rather yeah. than responding with humility, love, holiness, truth, you know? Right, and those things are fruits of the Holy Spirit. We cannot produce sh- by sheer self-control. We cannot produce gentle 
loving responses to being right. insulted. We cannot. That's the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, and we need to pray for that. We need to um, cultivate cultivate that. And I think also there are hurts and pains that are not going to be some things. Maybe a friend says something very insensitively to you, and you kind of talk about it, and you let it go, and it's great, and you've forgiven one another, and it's great, and you just literally forget about it. Some things were so painful that though someone has asked for forgiveness and you have forgiven them, they might come up 20 years later. They might come back come back in ne- next year and the hurt will still be there. But that's when you pray and say, Lord, I have put this to rest. This is literally the devil, the enemy trying to bring it back. Right. Something I've dealt with and I don't want that pain to even enter my heart. So it's not something that like, let it go. It's never going to come back. Forget about Forgive it. Forgive forget. Literally f- we can't forget our memories don't just shut off so it's the lord's work and sometimes the devil will bring back a memory that was painful that you've forgiven someone for bring it back randomly when you're feeling extra emotional and sad for yourself and it's like that's an attack from the enemy and you need to pray through that and figure that out um because it's not always so simple but it's still your job to not sin at at painful memories and to resurface old bitterness it's still sin yeah must be put to death to me it's like um psalm 103 is just like stunning in light of all this when when david says as far as the east is from the west so far has he taken our sins from us like yeah we have offended a holy and righteous and perfect god we have rebelled against him Mm -hmm. you know we have desolated his you know holiness Mm -hmm. and and he has taken our sins as far as from the east is from the west. Like that's what he has done to us. And that's what he continues to do every yeah. day as we come up with new sins. Right. And so it's like if God has so forgiven us, how can we not forgive one another? Like the the drive here, like you're saying, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's supernatural work. It is the the heart of God. You're either welcoming the heart of God into this pain or you're not, you know. You're either walking in the freedom of his beautiful character or you're you're pursuing your own version of justice, you know? And I think that uh, just that that's the only that's the only source of life here. That's the only source of motivation mm-hmm. is looking at Christ, looking at the gospel, looking soaking your heart. And these these pains, they will you know, the pain may stay of wounds and scars. But bitterness and anger has no power to dominate your heart right. when you're completely submerging this stuff into the truth of the gospel. Right. And we're not saying erase pain. We're not saying erase. Sometimes you cannot help um, wounds that are going to just always be wounds, but you can help the sin that can result from that um, anger, like you're saying, bitterness, um, holding a grudge. And I obviously that's not to say there are very traumatic people have gone through like insane things and we're not saying just forgive and forget like sometimes you do have to leave a relationship that has been abusive sometimes you do need to take drastic measures but what we're talking about is that sin sinful heart response towards our circumstance that is incorrect and needs to be um uprooted and so i guess a good question to ask yourself is have there been people you've shut out of your life because of something they've done that you've never maybe never brought up to them or have and because of how they responded you said well this is just who they are so i'm not gonna try with them i've labeled them and put a stamp on them Mm -hmm. 
instead of saying no the holy spirit's doing his work in them maybe years later it will be reconnected but like open-hearted towards all people mm-hmm. i think um they're just like good questions to ask yourself yeah are there any things that are holding you down relationships that you try to avoid are you generally a person who's pretty self-focused or do you have a focus on the church as the body of christ where you feel a responsibility to protect the unity right to, right. to watch out for that um and you know i think that that's the that's the kingdom living kingdom life is a life of community where you are vigilantly protecting love and you because you understand that the fruit of the ministry the the going forward of the gospel depends on you as a community walking in holiness and love yeah it's not just you and your private life anger will cripple your private life anger will create blind spots in your life to other sins it'll be scar tissue and anger will create ministry hindrances roadblocks of ministry and the work of the holy spirit to, to use you and your church community supernaturally to impact people. Yeah. So when you see all that, you understand that this is something we, we deal with very seriously. And, oh, here's the other thing I was going to say. Maybe it's a kind of good final note. The vast majority of the conversations that I've had in my life with people that I was, I was not looking forward to those conversations. I was nervous, afraid, didn't want to bring it up. And most of the time, you approach these conversations if you do your best to come with a open, humble, broken heart. Those are the moments that are most deepening in yeah. bond of yes. love, uh, trust, respect. Like my sense of connectedness to these men that mm-hmm. I've had conversations with that mm-hmm. were very uncomfortable that I wish I could run away from. Those those conversations have been the 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 moments when that depth of unity has gone to places i never thought it could those are the moments where i experience the greatest love and connection with fellow christians yeah so that it's worth it that's to it's worth it to work uphill um for that yeah and also just to check yourself are you the type of person who others feel like they can come to Mm. do you invite open it's a very it's a very specific kind of heart attitude that we all need to generate um just and and if you don't know just start asking people like do i have way habits that maybe are offending people do i say things incorrectly do i am i insensitive um you don't need to obsess about don't obsess but generally but just being a person whose door is open if you never ask anyone for feedback yeah you're probably offending someone you're probably being insensitive somewhere and also be a person who loves others enough to give them feedback um humbly you know with gracious assumptions but if something has happened take that step and go talk to people um yeah because you a lot of things will be cleared up with just good humble conversation yeah hopefully that is helpful and encouraging to you guys um if this is a if this was a helpful episode please uh send it to a friend share it on your social medias or wherever you do your thing Uh, If you do have a moment to give us a review on iTunes, that helps other people find the show. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us, for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.